Thank you, Father, for, uh, for Nick. Lord God, we just thank you for, um, yeah, that, that you have placed him uh, in this position to, to be the leader of our church, to be the pastor of our church. And we thank you for, for Christy also and, um, and their family, Father God. And, yeah, we just thank you for everything that you've placed on his heart to uh, speak to us this morning, Father God, the words that you have um, given him. And, uh, yeah, we just pray that our, our hearts are opened and, and ready to receive that, Father God. Amen. Amen. Um, so thanks, Dan, and thanks for, for praying for me. And I actually want to pray for you um, as we begin this morning. And, um, and so I'm going to encourage you, actually, if you're able to, to stand up um, as I pray for you as we begin this morning. Um, you can do that right now. Um, um, and, and what I want you to do is to take both hands in front of you um, and, and make a fist. And what I want you to do is to imagine um, everything that's going to keep you from focusing on what God wants to speak into your life today and imagine that in your hands and what we're going to do in in Jesus' name, Father, we're just going to drop that to the floor. And so you can turn your hands over and drop it to the floor. And then I want you to open your hands and turn them up. Uh, If we imagine God's up, which isn't exactly uh, theologically correct, but just metaphorically this morning. And we're just going to invite you, Father, to fill us, to overflow with everything you want to place in our lives this morning. Come and place in our hands and in our hearts and in our minds everything you have for us this morning, Father. I pray that whatever's not from you this morning would slip through our fingers and just fall to the ground and blow away. But, but everything that you would have us hold on to this morning, Lord, I pray that we wouldn't miss a morsel. Mm. So come and fill us up and just grab hold of just in, in your minds and in your hands, just grab hold of now all that God wants to fill your hands with in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so you can take a seat and if you throw that slide up, Peter. Um, so this morning we're starting a new series as we start February and this series is called Life Renovation. And so put up your hand if you had a New Year's resolution this year. No one, one, one or two. And, and so what this is about is, is, it's good we're not all doing the New Year's resolutions, but this is about moving from New Year's resolution to life renovation. It's about uh, transformation, not just uh, a, a, a promise to ourselves that we're going to do things differently this year. And so we're going to embark on a series called Life Renovation. And I want to begin this series by asking you a question. Um, And the question is this, is your life makeshift or is it meaningful? Is your life makeshift or is it meaningful? And so this is what we're going to focus on this morning, but but this is really a question that covers this whole series we're talking about uh, over the next four weeks of life renovation. And so we're going to go on a journey of life renovation. And so renovation is about these things. It's about restoration. It's about rehabilitation, about redeveloping, rebuilding, remodeling, reconstructing, repairing, reconditioning something. And for this series, that something is your life. Uh, To renovate something is to restore it to good condition, to make it new or as if new again, to repair it and to shape it so that it is better suited for its purpose for the season to come. And so life renovation is about the same thing. It's about taking our life and with God restoring it to good condition. 
It's about taking our life and in Jesus making it new or as if new again. It's about repairing the things that are broken. It's about shaping our lives so they better suit the purpose we're called to for the season to come. And so this process of making things new is something that Jesus is all about. So in Revelation 21.5, it says of he that is seated on the throne, that's Jesus in his risen and glorious state. And he says, I am making everything new. I am making everything new. And so that's the promise we look forward to as followers of Jesus is that the day will come when he makes all things new, the heavens and the earth and everything will be made new. But I don't believe Jesus wants us to wait until the end times before we're uh, beginning the process of being made new. I don't know about you, but, but I don't want to wait and stay the same that I am until Jesus comes back. I want to be constantly in a process of being transformed and reformed and renovated and restored and renewed. And, and so we can, with Jesus, begin this process of renovation while we await complete transformation. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about shifting from being maxed out to having margin. We're going to be talking about shifting from being broken to beautiful. We're going to talk about shifting from being passengers in life to being passionate. Um, But this week, I want to talk about that question. Is your life makeshift Or is it meaningful? If we think about a home renovation for a moment, when when a house gets to the point where it's really in need of renovation, there's a whole bunch of makeshift things that are happening. Uh, And so if you walk into someone's house when they're just about to renovate, you'll, you'll probably find broken things that have had kind of some makeshift kind of repairs to keep them going. Uh, you'll probably find uh, makeshift solutions to problems. Uh, like if there's not enough kitchen bench space, you might find like an Ikea island bench kind of wedged in there to give a bit of extra bench space. Uh, in our own home, um, which is largely great and fantastic, uh, we don't have a lot of bench space. And so we've actually had my father-in-law build this custom um, shelf unit that kind of triangles off to fit in our laundry. And so our toaster, our kettle... And our microwave live in the laundry off the side of our kitchen because there's not a room for them on the bench in the kitchen. That's our makeshift solution for not having enough space. And, and so if you walk into someone's house that, that's planning on renovating or in need of renovating, there's, there's a whole bunch of makeshift that's taking place. And the thing is, uh, our lives can often end up being more makeshift than meaningful as well over the process of time, just like a house. Our lives can get to the place where there's a whole bunch of makeshift happening. Uh, There might be makeshift repairs to brokenness that we've never really processed through to healing. Uh, A makeshift life is a life with a lot of unintentional stuff filled it. Filled, it filled with a lot of unintentional stuff. It's a life that's patched together. It's a life of slash slapdash things. It's a life of conflicting priorities. It's a disorganized life. It's a just getting by. It's a spinning the wheels. It's a one thing to the next. And, and the thing about a makeshift life is that there's no clear intentional design or governing purpose. There's no clear meaning around which everything else is shaped. 
And as followers of Jesus, even our walk with Jesus, that, that, that part of our life that should be filled with such meaning and purpose, if we don't redesign and, and renovate our life around Jesus, even that part of our life can become makeshift. Jesus can become like an island bench wedged into our kitchen, but not quite fitting. Our life of prayer, our life of scripture reading, our life of spending time in the presence of God devotionally can be like a kettle and a toaster and a microwave just jammed off into the laundry, not quite a part of the center of your life. Gathering with the church can be like that that bedroom extension that you know you really need, but you just don't really have room for it in your house. and, And so you just try and make it work kind of in the lounge room from time to time when you have guests visit. It just doesn't really fit at the centre of your life. And so if we don't renovate, if we don't organise our life around Jesus, then, then our faith can become a makeshift faith in a life that doesn't look that different from everybody else. So is your life or is your faith or is there any part of your life that is more makeshift than meaningful? the answer for most of us in reality is probably, well, it's probably a little bit meaningful and a little bit makeshift. There might be areas that were once filled with meaning and purpose and we've just kind of left them be for a while and and if we come back and look at that now, we're kind of like, oh, that's kind of gotten a bit worn down and makeshift, hasn't it? And so perhaps perhaps a, a better question to ask is not, is your life makeshift or meaningful, but really how much of your life is makeshift and how much of it is meaningful. What parts of your life are are filled with purpose and what parts of your life are just kind of there but not working or there but, but, but not really serving a purpose to the whole? How much of your life is makeshift and how much of it is meaningful? And so here's the thing I want to lead us towards this morning is this understanding that, that makeshift is okay for a while. I don't want you to feel guilty or filled with shame at all this morning if there's areas of your life that are not filled with meaning and purpose. Makeshift is okay for a while, but, but there comes a point when it's time to renovate. There comes a point in, in, in the life cycle of a home when it's time to renovate. See, people can put up with the, the Ikea bench wedged in the kitchen for a while because it gives you that extra bench space. People, we can put up with the toast of the microwave and the oven uh, bent out in the laundry next to our kitchen and we don't really notice it that much until we have a visitor come around and go, where's the toaster? We're like, well, it's in the laundry, of course. <laughs> uh, and so you can put up with makeshift for a while, but there comes a time when, when the makeshift piles up and, and it's simply time to renovate. And the thing about renovating a home is you flip the switch from from living in a makeshift home that's not working to getting to dream about what it could be. You get to dream about all that extra bench space you could have if you renovated where the toaster could sit sensibly in the kitchen and not in the laundry. You could dream about that extra bedroom that you're going to build and so so that when guests come, they're not sleeping on a block mattress in the lounge room you get to dream about what color the walls will be and how everything is going to be shaped so it just simply works and has meaning and purpose and the same is true for a life renovation 
It's an opportunity to intentionally reshape, restore and rebuild your life with meaning and purpose. And so what I want to do today is to encourage you to think about maybe it's time to renovate. What I want to encourage you, as I said, is not to feel any shame or guilt if your life isn't 100% meaningful and purposeful, but, but I want to encourage you, if there's anything makeshift in your life, it's time to begin the journey of renovation this morning. And the reason I want to encourage you to do that is because of this truth. If I can convince you of anything this morning, if you can go away with anything in your heart and mind, it's this that I want you to take. It's that you were created to live a life that overflows with purpose and with meaning. Let me say that again. The reason I want to convince you that it's time to begin renovating this morning is because you were created to live a life that overflows with purpose and meaning. In in Psalm 138 verse 8, it says this, The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. In, in a New Testament passage in Philippians 2.13, it says this, For it is, God's, sorry, it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. See, God has a purpose for you. Not just any purpose, a good purpose. And, and He's working within you to fulfill and to make that good purpose happen. And so choosing to align ourselves with Him, choosing to renovate our life with Him is something that God's on board with. He's wanting to help. But perhaps in the Scriptures, the most profound place that talks about meaning and purpose for us is what Damien read for us this morning and it's Psalm 139. Um, And Damien did a great job of reading, but I want to read through it this morning. And I'm going to stand to the side so you can see it on the screen. And and this is in the first person. So as I read through, I want you just to to read through the words and and almost speak it over yourself to God. And um, you don't have to read out. I'm not going to push you that far to a congregational reading. But I do want to encourage you to at least read in your heart as we read through. So it says, For you created my inmost being. This is addressed to God. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And so here's what I think this passage has to say about you. You were not created in a makeshift fashion. You are not some accidental chemistry experiment born out over the passage of time. You were not created by accident. It says that you were knitted and woven together. I have a confession to make. I have never knitted anything. Well, maybe I did once, but I can't recall specifically knitting anything and I've definitely never woven anything. But there's one thing I do know about knitting and weaving and and it is this. In the entire history of the universe, knitting and weaving has never happened by accident. In the entire history of the universe, knitting and weaving has never happened by accident. 
So he says, God knitted you together. He wove you together in your mother's womb. You're not primarily the product of your mother and father coming together, though biologically that's how things happen. Maybe for some of us, our birth was an accident in a natural sense that your parents didn't plan you. Maybe for some of us, your parents planned you intentionally and meaningful, but, but in God's eyes, He purposed you, He created you, He knitted and wove you together. See, knitting is a very intimate process. Um, Deb's a knitter and when Deb knits, she has the wool in her hands, the material in her hands. She has a plan for what that's going to look like when it's done and she knits one and she purls one and she knits one and she purls one. And I have no idea what that means, but I know that it's happening on purpose. It's not happening by accident. Deb doesn't grab a pile of wool and some sticks and throw it in the air and a jumper comes out. It happens on purpose. And, and so what this passage says about you is that you happened on purpose. You happened with meaning. And I want to draw our attention to the last verse of last sentence in Psalm 139, verse 16. It says, All the days ordained for me were written in your book. That's God's book. It must be very big, but written in your book before one of them came to be. See, not even one of your days is an accident. Not even one of your days is without meaning and purpose. It says something to me profoundly about the intentionality, the meaning, the purpose God has for our lives. You were created to live a life that overflows with purpose and meaning. Around about a thousand years later, the Apostle Paul uh, writing to the church in Ephesus as if he was reflecting on these words in Psalm 139 said this, For we are God's workmanship, you know, knitted and woven together. Um, Paul himself was a tent maker and so he may have had in mind the process of, of sewing together the pieces of fabric that become a tent and if you've got kids in kids' church this morning, ask them about tent making when they come out because that's what they're looking at this morning. Ask them about what did they do with tents this morning. They didn't put a tent up this morning just because we don't have the, the new kids' church room built and they needed extra space. The tent is a teaching lesson. And so, so Paul might have had in mind the process of workmanship been, been weaving together a tent, but he says we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. We were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And these good works were prepared in advance for us. We have a purpose and a meaning. And please understand that good works isn't, uh, in Paul's mind, just saying please and thank you at the dinner table. Paul doesn't mean good works, doesn't mean just being nice when he says good works. Though we should be nice as followers of Jesus. He means the kind of good works that transform the entire society and culture of the Western world. He means the kind of good works that could do that again if the church rose up. He, he means the kind of good works that, that love and lead people to Jesus no matter how far off from Him they are. He means the kind of good works that are filled with such purpose and meaning people will go to the cross themselves because they refuse to not do those things because Jesus has put them in their heart. You have good works prepared in advance for you to do. 
Your life is not an accident. None of your days are an accident. Every single day for you that you were created for meaning for is filled with meaning and purpose. You were created to live a life that overflows with purpose and meaning. Rick Warren, um, in his much celebrated and also sometimes much maligned book, um, The Purpose Driven Life, um, says this, We were made to have meaning. When life has meaning, you can bear almost anything. Without it, nothing is bearable. You were made to have meaning. With meaning, you can endure anything. With purpose, you can endure everything because God has, is directing your path. But without meaning, without purpose, everything just ends up a whole pile of makeshift. And so I want to encourage you this morning again that it's time to renovate. If there's any area of makeshift in your life... I want to encourage you that it's time to make the shift from makeshift to meaningful because you were created to live a life that overflows with purpose and meaning and I don't apologise for saying that over and over again. Sometimes we need the words rammed into our head enough before they actually start to bleed down to our heart. You were created, you, not just the people around you, not the person to the left or the right, they were too, but you were created to live a life that overflows with purpose and meaning. Maybe for some of us there's a point in our life where, where we had purpose and meaning and then something happened and then since that moment just, just we've been meaningless and purposeless and adrift. What I want to say to you, if that's you, then this is still true. You were created to live a life that overflows with purpose and meaning. Maybe someone spoke over your life that you were an accident, that you weren't meant to be. Maybe they said that as a joke or maybe they said that with an intent to harm you. Well, I want to say to you that this is still true. You were created to live a life that overflows with purpose and meaning. There is not a thing in heaven and earth that can make this not true about you. You were created to live a life that overflows with purpose and meaning. And so if that's not the case, in any area of your life, let me encourage you that it's time to renovate, time to make the shift from makeshift to meaningful. And so where do we begin? Where do we begin a life renovation? Where do we begin to make this shift and... and um, I want to walk through some, some steps this morning about how we begin to make that shift and um, I've got some sheets to hand out to you and if this is your first time, if you just grab them and pass them back, if this is your first time hearing one of my messages, um, fear not, there's not always homework um, and you can do whatever you want with this. But I just want to put something in your hands to help you begin to process, okay, I'm created to live a life that overflows with purpose and meaning and my life is got areas of makeshift at the moment. How do I shift? And, and so I want to suggest to you that we shift from makeshift to meaningful, that we begin to renovate our lives along the same pattern that you would approach a house renovation. 
And so if you imagine your home is, is filled with makeshift things, then the first step of the process of renovating that home is to assess, assess the existing structure and space of your home. Before you can uh, jump into renovating, you need to have an understanding of what it is that you're renovating. Where is your house now? And so the first step in a life renovation is the same thing. We need to assess the existing structure or shape of our lives. And, and, and this is something, this, this self-assessment is something that the Scriptures, the Bible encourages us to do. If we read in Romans 12.3, Paul says this to the Romans church, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, so we're all part of every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. And so a, a life renovation begins at that place of thinking of ourselves with sober judgment. What is the shape of my life now? What areas of your life are makeshift? To add some more thought around that, that question, what parts of your life are unplanned, without purpose or without meaning? What parts of your life aren't working how they should? What important things don't fit well into the current structure of your life? And so for some of us, uh, we might be bursting forth with thoughts now and, and that sheet of paper um, mightn't be enough space there for you to write those things down or for some of us, we might need to take that away and, and sit with that and process that a little bit longer. And so my intent is, is not that you would think of all that this morning but to give you some tools to go away and, and process out making that shift. And so we begin by assessing the existing structure or shape of our life and then the next step of a home renovation is to design the blueprint for what comes next. And so if you're going to renovate a home, you need a clear picture of what you want it to look like when you're finished. You, you need to have a blueprint for what the finished, renovated, beautiful home is going to look like at the end of the renovation process. And so if you don't have that, if you just get to work and start renovating things, start knocking things down, start building new things, the product is going to be more makeshift than what you started with. And so you need a blueprint for, for, for what the new home is going to look like. And, and for a home, this is the point where you get to dream. This is the point where you get to be excited about what it's going to look like. This is the, the dreaming stage. Apart from living in the brand new home, this is perhaps the most exciting phase of renovation, about dreaming what could be. And, and so the same is true of a life renovation. This is the stage where you get to dream with God-filled creativity about what your life could look like if it were filled with purpose and meaning. And so I want to suggest as well as, as we explore this that if you're a follower of Jesus and if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to suggest that you should be. If, you, if you're a follower of Jesus, 
then he should be woven into and designed into every part of the blueprint for your life. Jesus is spoken of in the scripture as the foundation and as the cornerstone. He's spoken of as the head from which the whole body finds its form and is held together. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, then Jesus should be designed into every aspect of your life. And so to design a new blueprint for your life, the the questions we ask ourselves are these. What what would your life look like if it was filled with meaning and purpose? What are you passionate about? What is important to you? What is important to build up your faith? What has Jesus called you to do? Who has Jesus called you to be? What has he placed on your heart? What do you need more time and space for in your life that doesn't yet fit these are the kind of questions we ask ourselves when we're when we're thinking of designing a new blueprint for our life and so we begin with assessing the existing structure then we step into designing the new blueprint and these are the first crucial steps as i said if if you just start renovating and and hammering with with a sledgehammer into your life then what you end up with is going to be more makeshift uh, than, it, than what you started with. But, so we need to do these first two steps. But if we leave it there, then nothing will change. If you're renovating a home, you can have the best assessment of the existing structure. You can have the world's greatest architect and draftsperson and engineer design the best home on the planet. But if you don't step into the process of renovating, then you're still going to be living in the old home the same old home you've always lived in. And so it's crucial that we access the existing shape of our life. It's crucial that we intentionally think about, well, what's the new blueprint for my life going to look like? But we also need to do the work of renovating. If we don't put the work into renovating our life, then it doesn't matter how good our blueprint is, we're going to keep ending up living the same life we've always lived. Parts meaningful, parts makeshift. And so we need to step into doing the work of renovation. And like a home, there'll be things that need to be demolished. There'll be parts of our life that we just need to say, that's done. There'll be things that need to be built up. There'll be things that aren't in our life at the moment, but they're important to our faith or relationships or, or, or we feel passionate about them and called to them and we just finally need to, to, to bite the bullet and build space for them. There'll be things in our life that need to be repaired properly, brokenness from the past that we need to come back to and peel the wallpaper off that we stuck over it and fix it properly. There will be all sorts of different things that that we need to to do to shift from makeshift to meaningful, to renovate. And we're going to explore some of that over the following weeks uh, in more detail. But it's going to look different for all of us. Some of us, uh, a life renovation will look closer to a knockdown rebuild kind of job. Some of us, it'll it'll look a little bit more just like a quick um, um, freshen up and a, a bit of painting. And I'm not making any judgments about the sides of the room here. Um, I just like to walk around a little bit. 
Um, some of this is going to be an all-at-once process. We're going to uh, kind of put things on hold in our life for a, for a, a few weeks or a few days, and we're going to we're going to renovate. We're going to get the job done. For some of us, it's going to be a stage by stage process. It's not important how long it takes or how we do it. What's important is that we have a plan and we keep pressing forward. It's important that we have a plan and we keep pressing forward. In Philippians 3.12, Paul gives us this encouragement about his own life. He says, not that I've already obtained all this. And I encourage you to to read in Philippians chapter 3 what all this represents. Paul's talked about the blueprint for his own life, what he desires and what he's passionate about. But he says, not that I've already obtained all this or have been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And so let me encourage you to assess the existing structure of your life, to design and dream with Jesus about what the blueprint of your life could look like and then press on, have a plan to press on to that which Jesus has placed upon your heart. And so in this stage of the process, the questions we ask ourselves are what steps are you going to take to move from makeshift to meaningful? What do you need to demolish? What do you need to repair? What do you need to build or create space for? And I want to encourage you is you don't need to have all the steps in place before you begin. What you need to have is the next steps. And as you get towards the end of the steps that you've got in place, you'll have the next steps then. Just, just make a plan for how you're going to start and then press on. Assess the existing structure, design a blueprint and make a plan for how you're going to shift from makeshift to meaningful. And so I began with, with asking you a question like this question. Um, but I changed it a little bit along the way. How much of your life is makeshift and how much of it is meaningful? That's the question I want you to take away and explore. How much of your life is makeshift and how much of it is meaningful? And the truth I want you to take away is this. You were created to live a life that overflows with purpose and meaning. If you forget everything else I've said this morning, I want you to take those two things away. A question and a truth. You were created to live a life that overflows with purpose and meaning. I want to encourage our worship team to come up. Um, And so I want to leave you with a few invitations. Um, firstly I want to invite you to lunch Um, if you weren't planning on sticking around for lunch let me uh, invite you to do that I want to invite you to take away that that sheet of paper um, and and I really encourage you that what you do with it will determine your outcome and so you can feel free to toss it aside and I will not be at all offended but if you want to make a shift in your life if you want to embrace a process of life renovation I encourage you to take that away and and spend some time processing um, those steps 
And I also want to invite you, if, if you're in a space in your life where meaning and purpose, you, you can kind of intellectually grab that truth, but, but you just have no sense of meaning and purpose in your life, then I've invited some people um, from our church family to come and pray this morning, and they're going to head over this side because we're going to pull tables out of there. And, and so if you, if you want prayer for anything this morning, um, particularly though if you, if you um, just have no sense of meaning and purpose in your life, then, then these, these people are just going to pray with you that God will give you that sense of purpose and meaning and that the Holy Spirit would fill that with you. And so I want to invite you to come and receive prayer for that. And, and the final invitation I want to give you, if, if you're here this morning uh, and you, you have not um, stepped into a relationship with Jesus um, then I encourage you that the most significant thing you can do in your life to shift from makeshift to meaningful is to enter into a relationship with Jesus. Um, and so if you've never done that, come and um, um, the people praying for you would love to, to, to walk you through a prayer to do that. Or perhaps you once swallowed and you've slipped away from that and you're not sure where you're at with that at the moment, then just come and receive prayer as well and they'll guide you through that. Um, so I'm going to pray for all of us and we're going to worship and sing this morning um, but the final invitation I want to give you is to come back next week um, and, and journey through as we talk, out, talk about shifting our life from maxed out to living with margin um, so let me pray and then let's worship and um, come and receive prayer this morning uh, for anything you want really. and so Father we thank you that you knitted us and wove us together As we worship um, in song for a final time this morning, Father, I just pray that each of us would just receive a breath of your spirit and that that truth would not just be intellectual, but that truth would hit home for each and every one of us this morning, that, that we were intentionally and purposefully and meaningfully woven and knitted together by the Almighty God. And Father, I pray thanks that my life and our lives are not an accident that every day you've ordained for us is written in your book every day you would have us live a life that is overflowing with meaning and purpose and so wherever we're at in our life on the spectrum of makeshift or meaningful father I pray that you would help us shift from makeshift to to living with more and more meaning and purpose in our lives. Come and have your way in us. In the name of Jesus, amen.